Hey everyone, welcome back to Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 141. We are in episode 141. If you're listening to this, I am probably on a short um, vacation out of the office. So of course we do this every week, so I want to make sure we got our podcast episode in this week. But before we even get into the episode, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate, review, and support the podcast. Share it to your friends, family, because of course this week we're going to go over what's in the news. It's actually a quiet week. We'll talk about the news. We'll talk about the markets. We will also talk in our roundtable slash question of the week section. We do this every week, so make sure you tap in. Now, I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, welcome back. As we dig into the markets first to start out, uh, our market update of the week. We are recording this, obviously, when it's Wednesday. It's a close Thursday morning. So I actually saw the end of the trading day, which was about flat today. And the big mover, the big economic metric today that came out for people, for investors to re- to look at was the producer wholesale prices, producer price index, which gives you a little bit of a, a tell on how inflation is looking month over month, year over year, and what the Fed may potentially do or tip their hand uh, based on those numbers. And the numbers came in. Again, wholesale prices for so what manufacturers are buying, uh, what the wholesale prices are, and it gives you a tell on how much costs are increasing uh, for producers. And so numbers came in and they were a little bit slightly hot. So you got a 0.4% increase uh, from the prior month compared with an estimate of 0.2% gain. And on a 12-month basis, year over year, the PPI rose 8.5%, which is a slight deceleration for the 8.7% in August. And if you go to core numbers, it was 5.6% from a year ago. Um, yeah, so we didn't see much change there. Prices are still hot. Um, inflation is still hot. And there's still work to do from the Fed. And the Fed knows this. That's why they have been staying steady on raising rates. And that's how the market's reacting in kind. Um, I don't think this is bad. I think we're gonna, we've are gonna we seen the peak. And now we have to go through the peak um, and get down to a trough or to a 2% level. And that will probably won't become for a year or so out. But you'll probably see the Fed pivot in maybe six to eight months, six to nine months. We'll see, but that's probably going to be when a pivot would happen and when the the market would you know, kind of rebound from that. So we have time here uh, for long-term investors. Moving into current news update, current news update. The SEC is going investi- to investigate whether Board 8 Yacht Club creator Yuga Labs violated federal law with its cartoon ape NFT sale. So they're going to investigate um, if ApeCoin is a security. Of course, if you're a security, you have to register with the SEC before you sell to people. And so they've been getting up with their, I think Yuga Labs also did their um, land, virtual land that they just sold a bunch of pieces off. They made like 300 million, I believe. Um, they've done a lot. And now the SEC is taking a closer look at what is going on under the hood. So that'll be interesting to see. That'll have a lot of, you know, ramifications on cryptocurrency regulation going forward, I would assume. To the kids, the people that have kids out there, that's not me. But Coco Melon is not the only star anymore. Lego owner Kirkby is splurging $875 million on BrainPop, which is a platform that produces educational animated videos. Lego says it wants to help kids learn through play. Coco Melon is such a craze from what I hear from people that have kids. And your kids are watching it all day and, and they're like, hey, Lego owners, like, hey, I want to get in on this. Just put the TV on, sit the kids in front of it, and they print money on YouTube and all these other platforms are just printing cash. Printing cash. It's crazy. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the kids are into these days, but that's, that's educational platforms. Rivian, they're recalling nearly all its electric trucks over safety concerns. And that's denting its newly minted reps. Rivian is an electric car maker. It's an upstart, tough to do it, tough to manufacture, tough to make and build and ship these electric vehicles. But they're trying to, they've shipped only 15,000 since they started production. They've built uh, only 15,000 vehicles. Uh, and they had news that they had to recall a bunch of them. And so the stock plunged 7% yesterday. It's down 69% for the year. They IPO'd in November, um, and it's fallen short of production and targets, um, disappointed on forecasts. Um, and yeah, it's been Hidari. This is good for me in the sense that, you know, we had that CNBC stock draft, and one of my opponents, who I think is still ahead of me, David Robinson, I think he has a Rivian. So, you know, in kind, I mean, I have to root against him, right? Because I want to win. I have t- Amazon and DraftKings. DraftKings had a little bit of fall the other day because of um, – other items. And so, you know, I have to root for this. If you want to win, we want to win. Team New Street wants to win. Uh, more crypto news this week. A crypto bridge was hit with $570 million hack, which led to a paused blockchain and centralized concerns, centralization concerns. Yes, this is more um, news. So on Thursday, hackers got their hands on $570 million in crypto by exploiting a cross-change bridge between Binance uh, affiliated BNP Beacon Chain and BNB Smart Chain. Um, so this DeFi is is tough stuff, but people and hackers are always trying to find ways to steal money. Um, and apparently they were able to do so here in the situation. And people are like, oh, now it's centralized because you have to pause the chain. And crypto is supposed to be based on decentralization. So if you can pause the chain, or is it really decentralized? Um, but that's just an area that's still being figured out in the crypto universe. Something else, another universe, Meta is still trying to get people into the metaverse. And they're expected to unveil. They unveiled a new VR headset. Um, they spent a lot of money on this metaverse ambitions. And it's a $1,500 headset that they love. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to try these headsets. I don't know if anyone's tried them. I haven't as of yet, but I'm hearing good things. Definitely want to try it out um, and see if we can, you know, See if it's good. See if it's worth it. That's the big thing. Is it actually worth all the hoopla at the end of the day? That is all we care about. So Amazon and other e-commerce giants are adding food stamp and friendly options as more Americans struggle to pay. I love this as far as helping people that are struggling to pay. Because, of course, we have a global recession potentially looming, um, inflation off over the roof. So guess what Amazon is doing? They um, launch Access. It's a hub for customers to explore affordable options, think discounts, coupons, and EBT snap payments, aka digital food stamps. Shoppers who receive government assistance can dis- uh, can get discounted Prime memberships, pay over time, and shop without cards. Um, that's pretty cool. Instacart said it would expand its snap program in the coming years to help low-income shoppers, uh, delivery assistance. All this is really, really good. It's a good welcome U-turn for people that need it because um, as we go into you know more economically shake your times in the next six to eight months, then this is going to be helpful for a lot of low-income households out there. So good stuff. Really good stuff. And big earnings coming this week. We have banks, JP Morgan, Chase, City Wells. They'll tell you a, a barometer on the personal consumer's balance sheet, how much cash is within customers, how much debt is on, on customer's balance sheet. 
Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And that's going to a barometer as well as Apple and the other earnings. A barometer on how the consumers is doing, barometer on how the economy is doing, because if they still have demand, they still have spending, um, that maybe inflation isn't going away anytime soon. The labor market needs to tighten up a bit before any of that. Um, so that would be hot on the docket. Hot on the docket. Well, folks, that was a quick but much needed, quick but much needed update on the week. Next, we'll get into the financial roundtable. All right, folks, gather on for the financial roundtable. This week will be a on, I think it's an on-target discussion because I think there was mental health uh, world, uh, world Mental Health Day not too long ago. And also, you know, in general, I'm taking, as I said, you know, a couple days off, a few days off um, just to rest, recoup, relax. And it just brought me thinking about what do people need or what what is the adva- advantages of taking breaks from work? We, though we love to work, 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 work ourselves to the bone, hustle hard. Of course, that's part of the nature of a lot of people out there, including myself. But what are the benefits of taking breaks? Of unplugging. Now, I may even do a social media unplug. I, that would like be needed. I think I'm going to do that during this break. But what are the benefits of taking a, a um, unplugging from you know work, different stuff, relaxing, even it's vacationing. Um, and I want to take a list for people out there. You're thinking, all right, it's getting to holiday season. I've been grinding. I'm just waiting for the holidays. Maybe you're taking your break at the holidays or you're taking a short mini one now. What are the benefits of this and why it's important? One, it increased your productivity. You've probably seen it when you had a long weekend and you come back on Monday, Tuesday, whatever, and you're like, all right, I feel good. I'm productive. I'm ready to go. I'm, you got energy. The energy's back because it's not as mundane. You broke up the monotony with something, right? Um, other things, improves your mental health and well-being. We just talked about mental health day. That is important. When you see yourself getting burned out and run down, you definitely need to um, take a step back. And it 100% improves your mental health and well-being. 100% gives you clarity on what's on things that you need to refocus on. Um, and it increases your satisfaction. Just in general, your satisfaction is is increased because of the balance, I think. You know, I, I'm always 100% of one uh, person that goes 100 miles an hour, but balance is good. And then it's going to restore your focus and attention, especially for the longer-term goals. Have you ever been working on something? You're like, why am I doing this again? You have to take a step back. And it will refocus your attention on longer-term goals. Um, and that is something that's important because you always forget what your maybe your longer-term goals are because we're in the day-to-day in the weeds. We do forget, 100%. Something that could be easily forgotten. Decision fatigue, that's something I don't really struggle with as much. I always make decisions and go right at it. But you'll be quicker on your feet with rest. You'll be quicker on your feet being well-rested. Um, and it's healthy, too. Shoot, we're all talking about health. It is healthy as heck. So those are some reasons if you're thinking about, all right, have I been grinding on something for so long? Do I need a break? The length of the break is up to you. The time you need to recoup, recuperate, get your mind right, feel good, look good, pay good, play good. That's what Dion said. Look up that line. It's such a great line. Um, but you may need that, especially in these times. You may need to do that. Let's not forget uh, to take those breaks because I'm going to be doing that for a few days till Monday. So yeah, we're signing off and we'll talk to you next week.